to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. We're pleased to be joined on the Haunt of Lincoln Hotline uh, by Brian Munson of Husker Online. Brian, how are you doing today? I am doing great, man. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. We're just, uh, you know, sitting here talking about how Nebraska basketball is falling apart and now the fans are starting to turn on the coach and, you know, just another day in the office, basically. <laughs> you know, that was that was pretty rough pretty rough reading like the the cliff notes version of that whole call-in show i thought i thought hoiberg pretty much handled himself with great poise and composure um tough situation for him to be put in obviously in that situation but um yeah i i, I felt really good about the way things that kind of started out like the first halves of the, of the games the last week or two and then all of a sudden it just seems like wheels kind of come falling off and it didn't even bother to have the first kind of half that you that we've been seeing with the Northwestern game on Sunday that was tough to watch. Yeah, it's, it's interesting too because all the parallels to or to the Nebraska football program, right? I mean, obviously, um, you know, the big time hire everybody thought was can't miss, and you know, it's just kind of taken a while to get there, and you know, maybe your 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 style of play is not going to work in the Big Ten and all that stuff. Um, where I mean, do you do you think that it's possible? We we saw Nebraska already kind of uh, you know make their moves, maneuver their way to avoid one big buyout in football. Do you you think that there's any possibility Hoiberg's not the coach next year? Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough to say. I, I think that there's a offensive identity problem for that team. Uh, first, that needs to be kind of worked through before they can kind of figure anything out. I, I don't think that they have the ability to shoot it up from outside. Like they typically do so much every night, whether or not penetrating and, and trying to get put on the foul line. It's a better fa- free free throw shooting team in Lincoln than I think Hoiberg's had his entire career so far up there. Hmm. Um, so I, I, I felt like that's one part of the, the aspect of their, of their offense that's been missing. And of course he still can't get a defensive rebound, but I, I think it's, I, look, his record, his record basically is, you know, I, I'm sure he's ashamed and I'm sure he's embarrassed. I think that they've got a, a really nice class that they signed uh, that, that that's coming together. I, I think that there are some pieces there. It's just like, need a better identity. And and I think that they're going to struggle until they kind of find that and, and, and until they kind of tell people that they don't have the green light to keep hoisting it up every single time they touch the ball. Yeah, and then transitioning to football, uh, we'll get into the kind of this this past commit list and or, or you know the recruiting uh, session as it's kind of come through. But it is, I, I would believe, still kind of weird. As I know they they were kind of doing junior days and stuff like that. Um, do you, do you think it's kind of business as normal over there at the the football facilities as far as recruiting, or do you think that it's another uh, year of kind of wait and see for a lot of recruits uh, because of kind of knowing that this might not? I mean, this is kind of a one year opportunity for Frost to fix it. No, I think it's kind of business as usual. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of guys, uh, particularly the in-state guys, they they're they're seeing a different energy. They're seeing a they're seeing a staff. I think that's much more on top of it. I think that there's been some really impressive hires that are going to help kickstart recruiting, and I think that that uh, includes, you know, Joseph and Applewhite and Whip, but then it also includes Bill Bush. And Bill Bush is one of those guys that was pounding the pavement, you know, in the month of January uh, in Missouri and Kansas, which are two areas in Nebraska's got to be much better in. And then of course the hire that was kind of announced, you know, yesterday um, based on just kind of some 
randomly going through the staff and seeing that Vince Ginta got all, got got brought back to Lincoln. And I think that that's a that's a hire there. I'm not sure people really understand the significance of it or um, what he really did for Bill Callahan when Bill Callahan was up there in the in the great classes that Bill was able to kind of bring in the talent there. I, I know it never amounted to the wins, of course, that people were kind of looking for, but it's hard to argue with the talent that, that Vince Ginta was, you know, basically part of bringing to Lincoln when he was there uh, working for Bill Callahan's staff. So I, I, I think that recruiting has returned back to normal-ish. I think the, I think the, the, the big thing is is that the, the in-state players have to see the commitment to them, and I think that they'll start to see – they've been starting to see that. And then I think it's kind of starting to work its way out, getting, getting into the neighboring states – getting into the 500-mile radius, and then really pounding the, fi- the, the Sun Belt area, which I'm kind of considering south of Dallas all the way over to, to Florida because I think Dallas is still kind of your, your cutoff for your 500-mile mark. Um, so I think that that's, those are critical areas in the Big Ten footprint. I think I, – actually, I went back and I kind of did all the preliminary workup on the offers that they have made to this point. I want to say 90-plus percent kind of fell within those five kind of uh, – areas that I, I kind of defined there a, a minute ago. There's some outliers that are Virginia, California, Washington, uh, Nevada, uh, even Arizona a couple, but for the most part, that's where they're, they, they seem to be, you know, kind of betting on themselves to kind of be effective in those spaces. Well, it's interesting too, because you, you bring up uh, Vince Ginta, but also uh, DJ Vokalek joining the Nebraska staff as a quality control coach. Usually you'll see that kind of the opposite way, right? Where a, a guy is uh, maybe you're, you're, you're bringing on somebody's dad um, that you're trying to recruit, but Vokalek is a senior. So what's kind of going on there? Well, I, I mean, obviously he was at you and I, uh, he was there when my, I took my son actually over there to camp and he was the linebackers coach uh, over there. Um, and then uh, makes his way back over to Nebraska's quality control as a backfill, I think, to the position that Bill Bush vacated to take the full-time job. So I, I don't know if there's necessarily kind of an on-deck circle, so to speak, when it comes to coaching, but it, I think it helps to learn the process. I think, I think obviously, the Vokalek, is, uh, he's got a lot of experience, you know, in the coaching ranks. It always helps to kind of put those people in those positions. People forget you know, Lance Leipold, you know, he's down at Kansas now, uh, but he was at Nebraska in kind of more of an administrative kind of behind the scenes kind of position, you know, earlier on uh, uh, in the in the late 90s, early 2000s, I think. Um, so he, when he was there anyway, that's that's what he was kind of doing. He wasn't out there on the field as a coach. So I, I think it's I think it's helpful to kind of get that perspective and have somebody else to kind of think about how the end to end process kind of works when you have those different experiences being on the field coaching and, and now bringing it back into more of a quality control kind of matter. And and you understand the things that you're kind of shooting for and the thing and how things are supposed to kind of work. So I I think it's, I think it's actually a really, really nice hire when you can get somebody to, to come in there with that kind of resume. And looking at Nebraska's uh, committing class, that, that happened, of course, the, the second signing day uh, just happened not too long ago, I believe, uh, on the second, about a week ago. Uh, and they added uh, A.J. Allen and Janarian Bonner um, on that day. And that, that was, that was kind of interesting, two big grabs for the, 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 the team as they kind of uh, enter, you know, finish off the, the recruiting class. I, I guess I should ask, is, is the recruiting class finished? I mean, is there any possibility still to add to it? I think it is done, um, you know, and I, I think that uh, obviously those two guys are kind of the crown jewels of the class, I think, in a lot of different ways. Uh, Allen is one of those really kind of special running backs, I think, that's also going to play a role in the 
special teams game at some point, um, but I, I, they'll, they're talking about him coming in and competing for a starting job, and that's a, that's a guy that won't even get there to Nebraska until until June. And then Bonner, to me, is kind of that um, quick fix, kind of short yardage guy that you lost in Austin Allen because there was uh, such a great thing about having that guy with that kind of size, like Allen had kind of going across the middle and, and working the edges of the field and working the middle of the field to to kind of get you know get out of third and short and get and make the first down conversion um you you can do the same thing with Bonner 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 has such a unique way of kind of high pointing the ball on every single one of his throws he's he's a he's a very technically sound kind of guy he understands you know the catch is the most important part of that play and then what he gets after that is is kind of the you know the the cherry on top and he has a lot of, he has good speed for a guy his size he's a really technical route runner um, but I think I'd also even cl- include like <clears throat> Javier Morton and Anthony Grant, the guys that were added to the class after December as, as kind of like two of those other guys that would kind of bubble up to be in like top five, top seven ish kind of guys that were, that were added to the class in, in the, in the, the 18 commitments that were, that were signed and, and basically had been added to the roster. So um, I, I think Nebraska is done with the signing day class, I think the portal transfer stuff, you're going to keep hearing about that until they kind of put some guardrails around it. Unfortunately, there's Mm. no date for anybody to say, you got to be jumped. You got to jump out of your current situation and and be in a portal by such and such date to be ready to go by, you know, that, that semester or whatever. So I think Nebraska is still going to stay active. I, I think it's, one of those ongoing kind of shopping maintenance kind of modes that Nebraska is going to have to kind of find themselves, how they're going to kind of manage it. And I think that Nebraska is going to be looking for an offensive tackle. I think they're going to be looking for a nose tackle. And I think that potentially they could be looking for like an edge rush guy, but I think that that would be more at the end of the spring semester in that May, June timeframe versus doing anything right now. I guess, and I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it because we're all, you know, kind of so focused on Nebraska. But are there, is this is this a trend where everybody's kind of over scholarship and they're going to let everything kind of play out in the spring and get these transfer portal <laughs> things going, or or is this kind of just a Nebraska situation? No, it's it's. I think that there's an NCA rule. It might be it might be a Big Ten rule, but I think you can be over a certain number of of spots on the 85. And then you have to trim it back. I think um, I think you'd be over now, but at the time spring practices come along, you have to be back down to 85. I have to go back and figure out what that number is. I don't think it's too uncommon. Um, I, I do think that there's some things that are gonna that are gonna keep moving as we kind of move towards the start of spring camp. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's gonna get more and more difficult for the untrained eye, for the people outside of the actual program itself to tell who is actually on scholarship and who is not. Um, I, I think it's just because, you know, I've heard some rumors about, you know, some of the guys that were brought in portal transfer that, that may actually be walk-ons for this first semester that may go to scholarship after that. So I think that there's some ways that they're kind of playing with the numbers a little bit and we'll never really truly have an, an understanding on all of that stuff and all the moving parts that go with it. So you look at the transfer portal just as a whole. There's just so much unknown. It's obviously a learning curve for a lot of us. Would you say, obviously, these players can move into the transfer portal into the months of May, June? Does that benefit Nebraska in the long term, or do you think at the end of the day that's going to end up hurting Nebraska? Um, you talking about the guys that are currently on their roster? Yes. 
I think it's going to help. Um, for, first of all, I think there's a challenge for all these schools to, for roster management. I don't think that a lot of guys could have seen some of these players, you know, up and then leaving uh, wherever they were at. Um, and, and I think that you have to, you have to learn to, to be able to react from that and, and take that news and, and go take yourself right back into the portal or right back into your, your signing day class and try to figure out how to make things kind of work. Um, I, I think there's kind of two different types of roster management. Now you got your short-term fix and you have your long-term fix. I think you're looking at guys that are in your senior junior side of your class or are on the type on, on the, that side of the roster at that position, I guess I should say. And then you're kind of been looking at your freshman, you know, kind of redshirt freshman, I guess, kind of class that's underneath that. And you're, and you're kind of managing that class as well. So there's kind of two sides, I think, to the roster management um, that they're going to have to kind of manage with one side being a quick fix and one side being more of a long-term organic development kind of fix. But I, I think that, I think as things kind of, keep going forward for Nebraska provided that the winning kind of comes along with it. I think it's a positive. I think, I think there's still a positive there for the, for the movement that can happen in and out of the roster. I think Nebraska is finding, finding themselves, you know, very active in the transfer portal. I think they found some good players. I think they continue to attract that kind of talent. Um, and particularly if the winning comes along with it and the opportunity is there. I think a lot of guys are figuring out these are business moves by these players that they're, they're leaving situations where they couldn't get on the field or had a falling out with their coaching staff or whatever it was, and they, they're making a move now and making the second decision based on needing to find a place where they can go have a productive career. He's Brian Munson of Husker Online. Brian, thank you for joining us today. All right, guys. Take care. All right. There he goes. Brian Munson, once again, of Husker Online. I'd like to thank him as well as Nick Sander for uh, joining us today here on the Ticket Water Cooler brought to you by Culligans. We're rounding it out. Uh, we have uh, on the block coming up next here uh, with uh, Eric Strickland is, is patiently waiting by, so we won't make, make him wait too much further. Um, but uh, once again, also thank you to Nate Brennan, his second day on the job. How you yes, feeling? Sir. How did feeling it great. Glad yeah. to be here. Glad to be here. <laughs> we didn't dive into your 10-2 and two prediction for Nebraska football just yet. We're waiting for a slow <laughs> news day to, to get we'll that We'll get going. into that. Don't yeah. you worry. I think we'll get the, the text line up and moving for that one because yeah. uh, that's a bold take. <laughs> Uh, but uh, at least I won't have to, to chug all the Kool-Aid by myself this offseason. We'll get it going here on the Ticket Water Cooler. But that will round it out for this show once again on the block. Coming up next, don't go anywhere. You need a place to watch the big game but you don't want to host at your place and you don't know what friend's house to invite yourself over to. Join 93.7 The Ticket at Buffalo Wings and Rings at 68th and 0 for Bengals Rams and enjoy great food and drink, plus the chance to win great prizes. If you simply show up, you'll have a chance to win free prizes. You just have to be there when your ticket is called. What's better than great food, drinks, and prizes? Hang with us for the big game on Sunday, February 13th at Buffalo Wings and Rings, 68th and 0. 93.7 The Ticket, Fox KFXL Weather. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds by later this afternoon. Windy conditions as northwest winds could gust over 30 to 35, but still very mild with a high near 60. Tonight, partly cloudy, a low dropping down to 32. We'll still be rather breezy tomorrow. Northwest winds gusting over 25 with a high near 53. I'm meteorologist 